The father loves me because I sacrificed my life, so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. Hi, this is Kevin Sorbo, welcoming you to this 30-minute episode of the Breathe Bible Audio Theater. This dramatic one-year journey through the New Testament features a new living translation of the Bible. Today, we begin with chapter 8, verse 31 of John's Gospel. And now, I invite you to sit back and relax as we join Corbin Blue and Josh Lucas as they draw us ever deeper into the life of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, as told in the Gospel of John. Jesus said to them, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham. No, for if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you are trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. We aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. If God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I am saying? It's because you can't even hear me. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. But you don't listen because you don't belong to God. You Samaritan devil! Didn't we say all along that you were possessed by a demon? No, I have no demon in me, for I honor my father, and you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He is the true judge. I tell you the truth, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. Now we know you are possessed by a demon. Even Abraham and the prophets died. But you say, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? If I want glory for myself, it doesn't count. 
but it is my Father who will glorify me. You say he is our God, but you don't even know him. I know him. If I said otherwise, I would be as great a liar as you. But I do know him and obey him. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. You aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. Go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Isn't he the one who was blind? It can't be him. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? No, he just looks like him. Some said he was, and others said no. But the beggar kept saying, Yes, I am the same one. Who healed you? What happened? The men they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed, and now I can see. Where is he now? I don't know. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees, because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told them, he put the mud over my eyes, and when I washed it away, I could see. This man Jesus is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. But how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind. What's your opinion about this man who healed you? I think he must be a prophet. The Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see. So they called in his parents. Is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? We know this is our son and that he was born blind. But we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He is old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders, who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said, he is old enough. Ask him. So for the second time, they called in the man who had been blind. God should get the glory for this. Because we know this man Jesus is a sinner. I don't know whether he is a sinner, but I know this. I was blind, and now I can see. 
But what did he do? How did he heal you? Look, I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? (laughs) Then they cursed him. You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why, that's very strange. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from? We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. You were born a total sinner. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped Jesus. I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him. Are you saying we're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. This is your host, Kevin Sorbo. We just completed chapters 8 and 9 of the Gospel of John from the Breathe Audio Bible. What a challenging moment when Jesus, voiced by Josh Lucas, turns to the Pharisees and says, If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, but you remain guilty because you claim to see. The Bible helps to open our spiritual eyes to see who God is and what He requires of us. But the demands of daily life can often get in the way of spending time in God's Word. That's why I joined with Tyndale House Publishers to create the Breathe Audio Bible, featuring renowned actors who also have a heart for the Bible, like Hill Harper, who is the voice of Mark, Kurt Nabig, the voice of Paul, and Ashley Judd as Mary Magdalene. The Breathe Audio Bible lets me step out of the busyness of daily life into a refreshing experience with God's Word anytime, anywhere. To secure your copy of the Breathe Audio Bible, visit breathebible.com. That's breathebible.com. Now, let's rejoin Corbin Blue and the rest of the Breathe Bible cast as we continue our journey through the Gospel of John. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. 
My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me, just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I sacrifice my life, so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to, and also to take it up again. For this is what my father has commanded. When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. He's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? This doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? It was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. He was in the temple walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. The people surrounded him. How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. I have already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my Father's name. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. At my father's direction, I have done many good works. For which one are you going to stone me? You claim to be God. Blasphemer. We're stoning you not for any good work, but for blasphemy. You, a mere man, claim to be God. It is written in your own scriptures that God said to certain leaders of the people, I say... You are gods, and you know that the scriptures cannot be altered. So, if those people who received God's message were called gods, why do you call it blasphemy when I say, I am the Son of God? After all, the Father set me apart and sent me into the world. Don't believe me unless I carry out my Father's work. But if I do his work, Believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I have done, even if you don't believe me. Then you will know and understand that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. 
Once again, they tried to arrest him, but he got away and left them. He went beyond the Jordan River near the place where John was first baptizing and stayed there a while, and many followed him. They remarked to one another, John didn't perform miraculous signs, but everything he said about this man has come true. And many who were there believed in Jesus. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, Let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. We can't go back there. They tried to stone him. Rabbi, no, we can't only a few days there. ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? There are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But now, I will go and wake him up. Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let's go too, and die with Jesus. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here. My brother would not have died, but even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Your brother will rise again. Yes, he will rise when everyone else rises, at the last day. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners. The teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, 
she fell at his feet. Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? Lord, come and see. Why didn't he come sooner? You really loved him. Why didn't he come sooner? <laughs> then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, See how much he loved him. This man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven. Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here, so that they will believe you sent me. Lazarus, come out! <gasps> and the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Unwrap him and let him go. Many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. But some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the leading priests and Pharisees called the high council together. What are we going to do? This man certainly performs many miraculous signs. If we allow him to go on like this, soon everyone will believe in him. Then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. Caiaphas who was high priest at that time, said, You don't know what you're talking about. You don't realize that it's better for you that one man should die for the people than for the whole nation to be destroyed. He did not say this on his own. As high priest at that time, he was led to prophesy that Jesus would die for the entire nation. And not only for that nation, but to bring together and unite all the children of God scattered around the world. So from that time on, the Jewish leaders began to plot Jesus' death. As a result, Jesus stopped his public ministry among the people and left Jerusalem. He went to a place near the wilderness, to the village of Ephraim, and stayed there with his disciples. It was now almost time for the Jewish Passover celebration, and many people from all over the country arrived in Jerusalem several days early so they could go through the purification ceremony before Passover began. They kept looking for Jesus, but as they stood around in the temple, they said to each other, What do you think? He won't come for Passover, will he? Meanwhile, the leading priests and Pharisees had publicly ordered that anyone seeing Jesus must report it immediately, so they could arrest him. Today our journey took us from the middle of chapter 8 to the conclusion of chapter 11 in the Gospel of John. 
We felt the elation and the testimony of the blind man healed by Jesus. We walked with Jesus in the temple and heard him clearly declare himself as the Son of God. We felt the heat of anger and hatred as the religious leaders accused Jesus of blasphemy. We experienced the depths of grief as Mary and Martha told Jesus that Lazarus, their brother, was already dead. We shared in their amazement and joy as the Messiah raised their beloved brother from the dead. In our next episode, the earthly ministry of Jesus builds to a crescendo as we experience the Passover and the events leading up to his crucifixion. Thank you for joining me for the Breathe Bible Audio Theater. This is your host, Kevin Sorbo, inviting you to join me next week at this time as we continue our one-year journey through the New Testament on the Breathe Bible Audio Theater. Bring a friend, and remember to check out our website at breathebible.com. That's breathebible.com. Thanks for listening. This copyrighted audio production of the Breathe Bible Audio Theater is produced by Carl Amari, Blaine Smith, Michael Mashievsky, and Steve Keel. This is Chris Christensen, and back in 2006, I started a simple project, a project to try and introduce more people to the Bible through Bible study called the Bible Study Podcast. It's a simple name and a simple idea. Each week, every week, we study one chapter of the Bible, talk about what it says, and what that might mean for us today. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for the Bible Study Podcast on your favorite podcast app.